And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Infinity. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Welcome all We Are Mead listeners, uh, we're, our podcast today, Mickey Brennan is unavailable so I've stepped back into the bunker here on Flynn here to to present the show today, uh, some people were calling for this months ago that I take back the mantle, it was my mother in fairness but uh, and I did thank her for her support but I've been joined by uh, two stalwarts of the podcast, David Rispin and Brian Kelly. You're all welcome back to the North Mead Bunker. How are you feeling, Davey? I'm not, not the better of that weekend, <laughs> but uh, I know, look, at uh, we're all good. You know, a bit delayed. We normally do this, obviously, on a Sunday night, but extraordinary circumstances meant that we're only sitting down to do it now. What do you think, Brian? You're happy to be we, here? We can't legislate for a yellow weather warning on a Sunday night, <laughs> That's the circumstances you're referencing, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. If it was as bad as we thought it would be, we, we would have stayed an extra night. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, and I know when Reedy's done, he'd be quite happy to see us again. <laughs> no doubt. There would have been a, yeah, a lot of cracking clarity if there was another night. We were, I think some people were praying maybe for a cancellation or postponement that the game would have to be replayed maybe in two more weeks or three more weeks, but thankfully the game got played. Uh, we have a bit of a bumper podcast today. We've got a full reaction from the LGFA match between Mead and Clare. We've got the Camogie match between Mead and Kildare. We, then we have our senior hurlers, our senior footballers, our under-20 footballers. We've got club results in the hurling and previewing club football. We've got the predictions from Cortown GAA Club. Because we changed that from Mickey Lassie. Remember we said mm-hmm. GSA. Yeah. And we've Instagram reactions. So firstly, we're starting off with the LGFA. Uh, a draw match in Division 2 of the Little Ladies League. Mead 3-12, Clare 3-12 as well. That was played in Doombeg. Uh, tight finish. Mead, probably uh, unfortunate not to get away with the result. 45 minutes in, three quarters away. It was 3-10 to 1-8 for Mead. Kelly Harris, Emma Duggan and Bridgetta Lynch all got the goals. But it just wasn't to be, Brian. No, and it's one they're definitely going to rude. It's one they left behind them. When you're leading by tri- the margin, they're leading by 14 minutes gone in the second half. Like When you have a seven or eight point lead, you really should be holding on. Um, Clare wouldn't be a great side whereas me to be regarded in ladies GA circles as a far superior team now a 12 o'clock throwing in doing big was a it's as far west as you can bring them I'm sure that ladies association didn't pay to put the mead team up in Trump's hotel either, either like <laughs> something something maybe that should be looked at is these ridiculously early throw-ins in some of the ladies football I know we were in Killarney and mead were playing at 1 o'clock but there was a ladies game on beforehand which probably was an 11 or half 11 throwing. Um, again, Tyrone going the whole way down south. Such, like, not not easy for these teams to plan. And as we all know, the same money, maybe sponsorship and all the rest, doesn't come in monetary wise in the ladies' couple that does in the men's. So it's a huge expense on ladies' teams after having to go down and stay somewhere overnight. And if you're not staying overnight, then you're getting up at 
to crack it on to go to places like doing big. So maybe in time in future all games thrown in no earlier than two o'clock unless they're part of a double header with the men's football maybe where they're getting the greater exposure as players. Absolutely, and it seems that um there's probably a lot of questions we asked about these travel distances and the times, but realistically the ladies were focused. They probably just as we said unfortunate not to come away with it. But the likes of Kelly Harris, Emma Duggan, Bridgetta Lynch, they've been good performers for the Mead ladies so far, Davy, in the year. And the Emma Duggan's seems to be getting on the score sheet in, in, in every game she plays. Mm, absolutely. And I mean, we all know that she was, um, she's still under 17 or still minor, I suppose. And uh, she was a huge player for that team and will continue to be. And there was an injury scare there after the game against Dublin a couple of weeks ago. But it's great to see that she's still you know fit and firing because I suppose she is very young and it's very important that she doesn't burn herself out at this young age we see it so often maybe with, with certain footballers who exceptional talents but they just are flogged with so much football and they become such important players of both teams and I'd probably liken it maybe to, the, to a little bit to Shane Walsh and his importance for the under 20s but also for the Mead seniors and you know it doesn't the old saying it doesn't matter how old you are once you're kind of good enough to to be good enough to to play at that level, but she's a huge player, and you mentioned it, Flynn. Like the score she's putting up week on week consistently is unbelievable, and like she's a she's a quality player, not finished developing by any form, and I'd say she's just going to go from strength to strength in games to come and in years to come, hopefully. Absolutely. So the as I said, the little ladies national football league division two table now at the moment, Kerry, who we saw a bit of down in Clarny ourselves, uh, Michal Mahurti's grandchild was taking the penalties. What's her name? Neve, is it? Uh, was playing for Kerry. She was brilliant the last day. She scored, I think, two penalties and she was lethal from freeze. They're top on the table now, four wins from four, with a, a plus uh, of 94 scores, 41, mm. 41 points ahead, so they're flying. Monaghan have nine points in second place, Meather in third with seven. And then there's three teams, Armagh, Cavan and Tyrone in six points, and then Clare with one point and Wexford at the bottom. So they will obviously be disappointed. Uh, Clare lost three games and have only drawn one. Yeah. Now Mead have to play in two weeks' time. They're going up on Sunday the 8th of March, 2 o'clock in an Armagh venue yet to be confirmed. The Armagh lads are obviously, or girls in this case, are, are coming up behind them ready to, to ready to take another probably chip off them. And it seems that Armagh will be hard bet when they're just coming right behind Mead. So we obviously wish them well and we hope that it's not a, not a repeat or if something happens again, another draw. I think they're good enough to go again. So Brian, final remarks on the ladies. Yeah, the Fergal Harney Derby maybe in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> Has um, a ring to it, that, doesn't it? Does, it? Doesn't yeah, it? yeah. I'd say he'd like the, the thoughts of that too. Really. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a must-win game for them. The top four are going to semi-finals, so you need to be picking up the points just to make sure you're still staying up the table because they haven't played Kerry yet, and as we all seen yesterday, they're going to be a huge threat. They're a, an established senior team as well. Now, Armagh have a couple of outstanding footballers. Chief among them is Caroline O'Hanlon, who's also a a netball player of summer now she's a serious multi-talented player and she's one player that Mead are going to have to keep a really close eye on in a few weeks time Absolutely so we, we parked the ladies football and move on to the Camogie team who had a, a, a very successful outing in Dungani on the 3G pitch with an 11-17 victory over her neighbours Kildare who scored 3 points so a massive score uh, Sinead Hackett got 5-5 Jane Dolan got 3-3 Aoife Minogue got 3-3 in a game I think that was probably never in question 
It was all one-way traffic. <laughs> you know, like really? A, yeah, I think that's a safe one to say. That. Like, oh, it, like Leah, Leah Sutton, Leah Sutton from Kildare was the lady who only who scored all three points. Yeah. But it seems that uh, also Amy Gaffney, Christina Troy, and Aideen Slattery all all contribute with scores as well. So I know I was talking to Kieran Devaney, the PRO of the Camogie Board, and he was saying it it was a non-event pretty much only that the likes of the Mead Hurlers and the Camogies they're flying like they're mm. well able for it so you're the hurling expert now Davey and Glen well, and well, this is Camogie yeah, now yeah. yeah just to well it's the same same principle yeah <laughs> absolutely I ah, look at it it's great I mean look at there's probably questions need to be asked about the the you know the standard I suppose of certain teams in that division considering the scoreline that Mead put up but Mead can only beat what's in front of them and I know that's no cliche but there's probably a little bit of a you know, or a lot of a drop, or you know, um, difference in quality be- between the first and second division. It's that's evident by the scoreline there. But as you mentioned, Flinner, like the the spread of scores there, like Jane Dolan three three, and she's probably not. She didn't finish, you know, top score there. I think Sinead Haggett with five five was it? Yeah, five five, and Jane Dolan three three. Yeah, three three. And then like you add into it, Christina tried the captain there, Amy Gaffney back in the panel this year. You know, playing some great stuff and. I mean, it's it's great to see them going from strength to strength. I was actually chatting to Jimmy Yagan on Saturday in the from the Mead Chronicle, obviously, and I was saying to Jimmy after the 20s game, you know, I hope he didn't have a word count to, to make up for the game because, you know, I wouldn't envy him writing the report. But then the scorers, th- eh? I wouldn't envy him writing this report either, so they'll probably even each other off. But uh, look, they won't want to get complacent as a result of that. They've beaten what's in front of them. They'll move on. They have bigger tests lying ahead. Absolutely, and Brian, that comes to their next test. They've obviously defeated uh, Westmead. The Kilde- the Cork game as well, which we talked about in our last podcast, was great. They're now playing Kilkenny in two weeks as well, the same day as the the football matches in Armagh. Again, that's something we've talked about before. The likes of a Megan Tyne now will have to probably pick or choose. And there's a few players caught in that regard. It's probably very unfair on the girls. It's very unfair, but that's the problem that comes with being a dual player. I know people talk about the ladies at football and the camogie don't... Neg- the liaise with each other and organise fixtures better but you look at the men's the hurling and the football is all under one umbrella and you literally can't be a dual player at adult level in that now either because the games are on the same weekends and the workload is so much I think it's a very sad state of affairs but the day of the dual player across ladies football camogie and football and hurling and the men that day is dying out which like we all look back and the likes of Jimmy Barry Murphy who was an outstanding dual player in Cork and we those dual players in every county Mickey Burke was probably the last real dual player in Mead because he played Harland and football a couple of years the same year now he's gone solely with the Harland mm. like it's, it's it's one of the remarkable things that you could have done both but now you really can't but then in fairness to Burke in our interview with him you know only last week he talked about that he doesn't think the element of it is dead he thinks it t- it's going to take a big player such as Conan Callan, he mentioned in that someone like Conan Callan to come out and actually start doing um, the dual aspect of it again, and that may change the dynamic of the mm. whole thing. To be honest with you, smaller counties doing it maybe still does exist to an extent, but it's not publicised. Whereas if you know Conan Callan, just for, say for example, came out and did or it, or even it, yeah. or even Berkey again himself, like it it would make a bit of news and it might just encourage it that bit more. But it takes an open manager. You know, managers have to be constantly in communication with each other. And they have to be willing to say, right, you can go and play with these tonight or train with these. It's very difficult, and you, you know. You probably need a redrawn of the fixture calendar as well. In a club. The, well, even at national level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say the Harlan League is one week, the Football League is the following yeah. week. Because 
no matter how much you want to do it if the two teams are fixed to play like you look at Dublin there's often mm. double headers in, in Crow Park yeah. Mead this weekend double header in Navin there's no way uh, Conor Callan or Kieran Kilkenny could play for both teams last Saturday night and there's no way Mickey mm. Burke could dream of doing it this Sunday yeah. it's unless you have them on alternate weeks which I know we have here at club level in Mead mm. which facilitates the dual player you, you simply won't be able to do it no and it's, it is very difficult, difficult even with the likes of we talked about Kerry before where they they only play a certain amount of games in Tralee a year on under lights on the Saturday night so that kind of ring fence that we had to we had to play on the Sunday rather than the Saturday and then again of course with Partholch not having the lights and it being the only acceptable venue really for Division 1 football we had to play on the Sundays there so there's been a lot of clashes with our hurling and football hmm. and that, that pretty ties us in now to our next game with the hurlers like it's disappointing that the game is on the same time as the game in Clarny because of that and it, it affects dual supporters it affects the GA people in Mead having to it affects to the likes of me and you Flynn well absolutely because we go to like except we were at all the games last year that didn't clash this yeah. year it's just unfortunate like the hurling uh, in Division 2A it just doesn't have the same following but it doesn't mean that there's not as much passion in it and like from the amount of people I talked to who are up in Port Glenone the Mead hurlers they were playing Antrim they were defeated on a scoreline of five twenty-seven to one fifteen, but that shouldn't take away from the amount of effort that they've been putting in with Nick Weir, the new manager, and the players that they really are trying their best to do it, Davy, and they're just not getting probably as good results against the top the top mm. teams. It's a tough one because I think what Nick is trying to go in there and do is he's trying to put his own stamp on it and implement a game plan, and we all know like that doesn't happen overnight. It takes it takes a lot of time and effort not just on the training field but also in games to actually put the plan into place and when you're playing the better teams it's very difficult to, to try and work on things whereas I'm not you know trying to disrespect any teams but when you're playing the lesser teams it's an easier situation to put yourself in to, to, to kind of work on certain things um, look at we've played some top teams you've played Antrim we've played Kerry we played Offaly you know first round the games we will ultimately be judged on is, of course, the Wicklow game, which we've already, you know, won, and the Mayo game coming up mm. this weekend. They're the two big games. If we win on Sunday against Mayo, we'll be okay, and we can start looking forward to Joe McDonough um, in the championship. Absolutely, right. And like we look at some of the Antrim players, we talked about them before in the Chris Ring final. Uh, McManus, McManus was able to score two nine this time, two frees, two sixty fives. He's just one of the few players like Malloy picked up one two. James McNaughton, McNaughton there, Sam oh, yeah. Terence McNaughton. Isn't yeah, Sambo, yeah, Sambo, yeah. 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 And they're just serious, serious players, Antrim have. Like. Ah, yeah, and like the serious pedigree in Antrim Harlan going back years. Like, realistically, you'd love to see Antrim back in the Liam McCarthy and back contesting and being able to play against the top teams because the GEA should need Antrim. They really need a team in Ulster competing at the top table if they're to ever redevelop Harlan and in, in, up there because. We all seen was it um Ballyhale Shamrocks and Dublin played Schlock Neil in yeah. Cork Esler mm. in the All Ireland semi final and the crowds came from all over Ulster to see the top players. I know it was suggested by a few people to bring the maybe Harlan League Division was it One. Cork Lodge RT, I think was it? Yeah. I think he's one of the guys that says. And a it? few, maybe the likes of Derek McGrath, maybe weighed in behind it or Parik Fanning, maybe that was there in Waterford last year. Like. Okay, from a Mead point of view, the result is very disappointing and all the rest of it. But from a Harlan point 
point of view nationally you need to see the likes of Antrim coming strong you need to be developing the game in every county scrap these junkets for fellas heading off to Australia and America for the wild geese competition and whatever that shambles of a thing was in Super, Boston Super 11s yeah yeah develop Harland in Ireland develop Harland in Mead develop Harland in Westmead develop Harland in Antrim down Derry places where Irish people can go and play it. and when you have it developed properly in your own place then go and spread it to the because mass. we did have the thing a few years ago with that great team that Nick Fitz managed they won the minor B All-Ireland they bet down in the final it was so brought to Clonus yeah it brought to Clonus because it wasn't really venues kind of even in the Monaghan Loud kind of direction that basically want to host hurling games and even they're just maybe not up to us and I know there's sometimes hard to get minor games in but like that be little an All-Ireland mm. minor B Harland final that mm. should be in even bringing to Parnell Park they know it's not where you want to play Harland you want to go to places like Taurus etc would have made no logistical sense to bring yeah. that to Taurus but bring it to a, a venue where Harland is played as a game Harland is not really considered in Monaghan there's only two or three clubs in the yeah. county to play Harland it belittled the thing there was no nets even behind the goals no. in Clonus that day no they don't do it in a lot of the venues but we focus back on our mead team uh, Park O'Hanrahan had another great showing got nine scores three or sorry three from play six from freeze and uh, Nicky Potterton was able to get an injury time goal as a substitute got one two but ultimately I don't think it, and from the Kerry game as well Davy, mm. we're just probably not scoring enough even that, that might seem mad with a one fifteen score but realistically we saw it even with Offaly in the Q Cup and that the other teams are putting up major scores mm. 115 in that in the hurling game just might and cut it sometimes you need to be getting up into the high 20s well, yeah and even when we got the huge score against Wicklow in yeah. the game we won we only just about scraped past but maybe it's to do with maybe the quality of teams are coming up against we're coming up against stronger back lines than uh, possibly what we're maybe used to or what we can break down um, now look there's no probably easy fix to that it's just working hard and trying to work on different things that may work but in fairness to to uh, to Nick Weir and everything like he he is dealing with you know missing lads as well we we've talked in length about the lads that are there and the young lads coming through which is great but you know Shane McGann and goals is a massive loss he's one of the top keepers in the country probably absolutely um Adam Gannon you know there he he's a major loss in the forward line you know he's unavailable this year and lads like that are, are going to be big misses for me for the entire year but that presents challenges and it presents opportunities for other lads and you've mentioned Podjo Hanner and he's stepped up taking on the mantle he's obviously over the freeze but he's contributing from play too which is going to be vitally important in the coming weeks absolutely so the hurlers are looking forward to their next game they're playing Mayo it's half 12 this Sunday part of a double header with the footballers who face Galway at half 2 so again we always encourage all our GA supporters support both teams there's no excuse they're in the same venue the price of your ticket is still 15 euros if you get a pre-purchase 20 if you show up on the day you're getting two games to the price of one but the next one we have to move on to it's one that it, it hurt us hard when we were doing our road trip down to Killarney is is the under 20 score uh, the under 20s and the air grid Leinster Championship uh, Dublin 214 to meet seven points we're we're really are we're just we're hurting from this and I know a lot of the lads are brain it's just it's a tough one to swallow yeah and it's really one none of us seen coming um, it just hit us like a sledgehammer on Saturday we all travelled to Parnell Park in high confidence now. I know since the game people are saying, well, maybe Keane McBride is in Australia. He would have been playing if he's around. Shane Walsh and Sean Ryan were injured. Yeah, but you knew well in advance. Like, we've known for months that mm. Keane is an Oz. They knew early in the week that Shane Walsh was carrying an injury and probably wouldn't play. Sean Ryan had missed a Wexford match. 
So when you know going into games what that you're missing these lads, it shouldn't be a major excuse. When you lose lads on the eve of a game or 20 minutes before the match, say like happened, Matt Miles, he pulled up in the warm-up. He was a player who would have probably come on and had a huge impact. The real disappointing thing is that very few of the players are going to look back at the game and say that they feel themselves that they played that they played well. When you lose a game and you've given it everything and you've just come up short, it's one thing. But to lose a game when realistically you look back and say we didn't perform, that's the killer thing really. And that's probably three years in a row in the Leinster under twenty semi final that that's happened. Dublin two years ago in Nav, and I know Kieran, you are tied up with Faley. You weren't at that game. Mm. last year we were we were all blowing Port Leash Leash did a number on us that night and then Saturday like all three teams were very talented teams the team two years ago had the likes of Dara Campion and Ethan Devine on them who've gone on and done well at senior level the team last year had a really good crop of lads to, there as well a lot of them who played on Saturday as well and then you had this year's team with two Leinster under 17 winning groups to coming together now yes it was a talented Dublin team but it wasn't it it didn't strike me looking at Dublin on Saturday that they were an extraordinary Dublin team. I'd say the first one four one five the Dublin scored really coming out of defence we turned the ball over. And when you turn the ball over inside your own forty five, you'll generally get punished, especially when you're playing into a strong breeze. Dublin punished us and you were left with a mountain to climb straight away. We scored three times in the first half. All three were from place balls. So you weren't troubling you weren't keeping the scoreboard taken over, you weren't managing to get a score from play. And we didn't. It's not that we even really looked like getting one. The closest we probably came was Luke Mitchell. I think was had a good shot off his left foot. It kind of hung up in the breeze. It clipped the post. Mm. It came down to Matt Costello. And great credit to the Dublin defender. He smothered out Matt's chance before he could get the shot away. But realistically, on a day if things are going well for you, Matt catches that ball and buries it. The day when things aren't going well, the defender managed to get back. Dublin are a good side, but. I don't feel we're beaten by a great Dublin team. Two years ago when Brian Farrell was over the 20s, I felt that was a better Dublin team than what mm. beat us this week. And that's what hurts. Absolutely. And David, like you're, you're being a similar boat. Like you, you spoke to Joe Robinson, and we'll have that interview in our Patreon review of the game. And it, it hurts like the, the amount of effort that these lads put in. And it, it's something like they didn't just rock up. It wasn't their first out, and they, they've had they had as much of a preseason. Mm. I actually remember one thing Jer said to me when I spoke to him uh, when he first took over the job. He said when he was playing professional ball and that the the lads used to only have three or four weeks mm. preseason. Like it wasn't an issue of fitness. It wasn't they didn't get a chance to prepare his team. That these lads were well prepared. They were well coached. It's just we didn't click. We just didn't engage in the day. Yeah, it's, and look at from playing. I know those days happen, and sometimes they don't just happen for a player or two. They happen for the whole team or the vast majority of the team. Unfortunately, where every time don't say any play a final. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't want to say, it, but uh, yeah. play. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no well, there is times now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we won't go into them though. Um, but no, look at it, it is. It, it is frustrating because as Brian was talking about, you know, you, you know they were so much better than they showed. And that's the frustrating thing. It's not that you don't mind getting bet when you play well, but you can come to, you can accept it far more or far more quickly. And you know when you when you lose a game and you play well, and it's a great game to be involved in. Something similar to the Mead Seniors, what will come to in a few minutes maybe. Mm. But like with the twenties, it's just there was a lot of hype about the team. Um, people in Mead were genuinely excited. People in Mead genuinely thought we had a great chance of beating this Dublin team. And on under twenty level, that would have been a massive, massive boost to this 
I suppose the county, not just this group of players, but the county as a whole going into senior. Um, but like I spoke to Jerem, we will hear, uh, you know, on the Patreon service that there's these won't be defining this game. These lads will learn from this. They'll go on and they'll have great careers, whatever they do, whether they go on and play for the mid seniors, whether they go on and play for the juniors or just for their clubs. They'll learn a lot from this experience. They'll make them better footballers. It's not going to ease the pain and hurting that they're going to be feeling probably for the next week or two. And and Jarrah's no different to that. And he was absolutely gutted, it has to be said, coming out of the dressing room on, on Saturday. But, you know, that's that's sport and that's football. And when you don't perform, particularly against the better teams, we've seen it in Division 1 of the, you know, the Ailey, or the, the Allianz Leagues, you get punished by the better teams. And Dublin, just the perfect punishers, really, aren't they? And that's, and that's probably something that they... Kind of to the heritage thing that Mead GA and Mead Football did for so long was kind of come back at the end and pip a goal and do these things. Dublin probably just have so much kind of seasoned kind of moments. They've seen their seniors do it for so long that they can they can tie up games and they can really kind of get their tactical kind of prowess on the day and get it right. But as I said, we'll have we have the interview with Joe Robinson. We'll probably be talking to him again. Like Joe is definitely not finished. Hopefully, being involved in Mead GA, especially at managing the team, he definitely someone that we'd love to see involved in the future but ultimately knockout football you're out you're finished unfortunately and that's what you have to do uh, our next game we, we hopped in the car we, we, we drove down we were heading to Killarney it was a fair old trek Adair I think the roadworks in Adair were maybe put up by the Kerry County Board maybe to stifle I don't know us, but we, we won't go into that but the senior footballers we played Kerry down in Fitzgerald Stadium in Killarney uh, we lost on a scoreline of 119 to 2.13 brain it, it was a hard one to stomach but the performance was a much improved one. Yeah, it certainly was. And I think some players had the best games maybe in a mid jersey they've had for a while. Um, there was a huge amount of positives to take from it. Early on when it was 1-5 I think, to no score, you were sitting there thinking this could be a long, long journey home because this just could be one of those days. Because Things just seem to be going wrong. You're playing... You're just... Killian O'Sullivan got a black card which from my vantage point was a little bit harsh but then the referee was from a different angle so maybe he's seen the incident slightly different to what I've seen it um, these things happen just before he was coming back on he had held carried two points in that 10 minute time frame their keeper catches the ball on his line the ball gets countered two mid players collide very reminiscent of 86 which led I think it was the Jar Powers goal yeah. in the All-Ireland semi-final David Clifford like when two lads collide, who's the last footballer in Ireland you want one and one with a goalkeeper? It's probably David. David Rispin, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and Clifford buries it, and suddenly you go from holding carry to two points in that ten minutes, and you had really done very well in that time frame to limit the damage. Next thing, it's five. It's a hammer blow. You regroup. You cut the deficit. Donald Kyogen having a stormer of a game Killian kicks the first point from play as soon as he comes back onto the pitch James McIntyre did a lot of damage Thomas Riley showing really well kicking the freeze like, to look at Thomas kicking the freeze at the weekend you'd say he's always kicking them even though he's not first choice for the club next thing Kyogi gets the black card again you get rocked again he, when he comes back on you regroup you go again and the Kerry supporters were getting really really nervous that Meade were going to take something from it and only for my namesake and goals Brian Kelly Pulled off a couple of great saves. <laughs> we would have won the game. It's an awful pity. It was just his namesake, and it wasn't actually Brian Kelly in goals. Yeah, <laughs> and that's an awful thing. You can't to be, be fair, that. I'm, I'm, I am that bad in goals. <laughs> yes. Well, in fairness, it's hard to play a senior in the county football. Brian <laughs> will forgive you for that. 
But David, your thoughts again? As I said, it was a much improved performance. Uh, you spoke to Andy McIntyre, and we'll have his uh, interview in the mm. Patreon as well. Uh, he was kind of he had a different kind of view, maybe on it. He probably a much more uh, kind of relaxed and kind of mm. realised that we're going places. We're actually improving. We're moving. Yeah. Well, that that's the key, and building on the performance against Mayo, which was good. It wasn't just there, obviously, but it was very good and you know forgetting about the disappointment that went with it with the result and I suppose that's why against Mayo the anger and probably frustration was there because we knew we genuinely had a chance of winning that game against Kerry we were trailing the whole way through we got within touching distance two points I think twice um, and just couldn't get any nearer but the performance as a whole and I seen something on Sunday that I hadn't seen in a long time from a mead side and that was we seen in the Super 8s we were great at getting out in front and leading but then teams would reel us in and they'd end up winning comfortably it was the the way we kind of stuck in and fought hard and got back in we were 8 points down on two occasions it would have been so easy for us to put the heads down and get back by 10 plus and bring us in at long afternoon and all that but the, the boys kept at it and got it back to single digits and as, as he said like there was genuine anxiety in the crowd between mm. the Kerry fans and they were worried you know and they you know there was lads behind us and they were saying that Kerry needed that game they really needed a good tough hard game and Mead gave them that in, in spades and it was a really good performance and I think that's why Andy probably after the game was so pleased and the effort and the endeavours of the lads and he, he could vouch for it that they gave him everything they probably couldn't have given out more all we needed on the day was a little bit of luck in terms of maybe decisions from the referee but also maybe a little bit more composure in front of the post and also cutting out those little basic errors but I think we're getting there Absolutely and again this is, we're, we're rolling on to next week this is at least the, the footballers and the hurlers have the luxury of getting another game their, their seasons are definitely not over they're only starting we have another game we're hosting the the men from the West Galway half two this Sunday in the Alliance National Football League it's going to be an interesting one they had a big result uh, themselves at the weekend we'll be going through that in the Patreon as well discussing maybe potential matchups and potential basically where we have to to put our players to get the maximum from them and things like that but we turn our heads back to Probably the, the place we do have our fondest um, appreciation for is the club scene. There's a, a good few results in the hurling. Probably not a, as much as we would have hoped now with the with storms and the like. But there was a few games played in the Ted Murta, Cloden and uh, uh, Hurling Leagues. Uh, Trim themselves, Trim got a big uh, result against my own boys in Clemes in 3.18 to 2.7 in Division 1. That was the only game that was played in Division 1. The others were postponed. Then in Division 2... We saw Blackhall Gales defeat Navan O'Matneys on a scoreline of 1-8-1-7 up in Kilcloon. Baconstown and Boards Mill played out a thrilling game. Boards Mill 5-13 to Nafina's 2-17. Now that's Baconstown and Enfield. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, but it was yeah. in Baconstown, yeah. Well, unfortunately, most of the hurlers only come from that side of the parish, but we won't get into geopolitics. We, we won't do a respite here. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely. Grange Godden then we were in Division 3 where we saw Neighbours Wolf Tones defeating Gail Column Kill 3-11 to 1-10 that was the only game played in Division 3 then there was one game played in Division 4 with Ashburn Dunamore picking up the 1-6 victory over Toth 1-5 so the Hurling League probably a little bit of a stuttered start Brian but probably the, the one thing to pick out in Division 1 was a massive victory for Trim over Clemesson yeah, to be fair, probably resulted most people would have predicted Kilmessen are not the force that they once were, and while Trim would have been shown of a few bodies with county activity, they've huge strength and depth. They're after winning a few minor championships in a row, and there's a lot of talent coming through. 
and probably outside of Kiltail and Kildalki are the the third team in senior Harlan that you'd be saying at the outset of the year will probably be there thereabouts in the Jubilee Cup come the end of the year so it's probably a result that most people would have gone for sorry yeah. Kieran. no no it's, it's fair enough it's a fair <laughs> comment uh, but we're Kilmesson are rebuilding we're hoping to improve but then we, we turn to this week now in the club action Davy. it's back to league football Mm. Uh, it's coming in here here at the end of February just the turn of the month to March there's going to be a few cracking games if we focus on Division 1 firstly just to give a quick rundown of the games in Division 1 Centrestown play Dunham or Ashburn Screen play St Peter's Dunboyne O'Matney's play Gale Colum Kale Dunshockland play Old Castle Retort v Nafina Summerhill v Simonstown and Waltons v Ballinabracky so like as if we're gonna be doing a, a full Patreon mm. on the the A League predictions kind of for what we see gonna happen and picking the games and going through them with more analysis. But if you give us just a bit of a teaser and a taste in Division One, what you think might happen? Yeah, I think you mentioned it with county activity going on, or Brian mentioned it there with the hurling, and it's very applicable to the football too. And the clubs will be delighted to have done their twenties back in one sense, I suppose. They're obviously disappointed that the lads haven't progressed to a Leinster final and that, and but. There is a little bit of, um, you know, good news for clubs and managers in clubs that they'll have maybe their star men back for club activity from now on, which is which is great in one sense. But um, in other senses, then there's teams with huge amount of county players. Like we'll take Retoth between the hurling and football, and you know, even Brains Club there, Centrestown are going to get a few good under twenty footballers back. They're playing Durham or Ashburn. I think that's a that's a decent game for them. I think they have a real good chance of getting a win in that game. But um, Division 1 and 2 are always very competitive. Uh, we always see Gail Cullen Kill, you know, challenging at the top end of the table. What you'll see is teams with less county lads probably looking to do that bit better in the league and make it, or take advantage rather. Absolutely. And Brian, just a, you, you'd like to make a comment. I know it's, it's a, a great a great uh, occasion, which you're going to mention here. And your, your pick of the game maybe Division 1. Yeah, it's probably our own game against Dunham Ashman, as Davey referenced. Um, we have a new pitch there in the last couple of years, and floodlights were turned on a few weeks ago. And Were they turned off? <laughs> Just check, the bill. Off check of the bill. The meter. <laughs> we, we won't go there. <laughs> but uh, the first first men's game under the lights is this Friday night against Dunham Ashman. It's probably, it, probably attract a bigger crowd than your average Sunday afternoon game in the leagues, and it should be a great occasion Friday night. Absolutely. So as long as Dunham Rashburn lose. Yeah, exactly. Friday night lights, it's a probably what a, a lot of people aspire for. Definitely a lot of second team footballers and hurlers in the county. If it's not Saturday night, please be Friday night, just not a Sunday morning. So <laughs> Davy, we go on to our next item on the Clare on La Lave and uh, predictions, uh, potentially improvements from people maybe and maybe some people disappointed. Yeah, some plenty of mediocre scores in there, but uh, suppose the fourth round of the Court and GA prediction competition, and obviously we have the We Are Mead League, which is um, in full flight. And delighted to report that a Court and man is top of it. Gary Kine, uh, top with 128. Nicholas Finley, who actually won one of the weeks outright, I suppose, overall, he's still there in second place with 124. Then Shane McNiff from. Karen Ross with 121, joined in third with Davy Byrne from uh, Drumcondra. Then we have Tom O'Connor, in fairness, you know, one of the better listeners of the podcast. He's fifth. He's really flying the flag there. 40, what did he get this week? 40, 40, or sorry, 35 points this week, 117 overall. So he's only nine points off the lead, well in contention. I suppose there's, there's a bit of a gap then to the next one. 
that's maybe associated with me or me then that's yourself Liner. Um, 97 points approaching the 100 points you're actually consistently good throughout the four weeks not consistently bad whatever you well, Midland. nothing spectacular <laughs> but definitely kind of 7 out of 10 every week you know probably the Glen Whelan in midfield doing a lot of the dirty work but and, just, and probably just not getting much credit for it but yeah but I'll still I'll still get a game and I'll you know. Yeah, yeah, you'll still give a game and give your all. So I think you picked up um, twenty eight points last week. So that puts you at top of the. I suppose the, the could we call ourselves pundits or maybe not? <laughs> Plunkers. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm next with eighty nine. So to be fair, I'm not a million miles behind you. You're behind me. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're moving <laughs> on quickly. Um, and then there's Mickey Brennan. That's who's, a few scrolls of the finger. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a few, right few. He's he's made a bit of progress. So from the. The people who haven't entered since week one, there's two. So uh, he's third from bottom, really. Susan Farrell actually bottom. Disgraceful there, really, from Susan from Ballinlock. 64 points from her four weeks. She really needs to do a bit of research there for this, this coming week because Susan, you know, will be really disappointed well, actually, with that. Well, we, we want you to comment on the Twitter there. We, we're not going to let that lie. We've just got to say... You probably just got to reassess. What are you, what are you thinking about? I was going to say a written explanation, really, for... What's the you logic know, or lack of? Is it loads of draws not coming through or? Mickey Mickey Brandon, in fairness, did promise us he'd finish strong. He went from nineteen to fifteen to fourteen, but he skyrocketed back up with thirty points this week to get him to seventy eight. He's still eleven off me. God Almighty, we'll never hear the end of it if he catches <laughs> me. But uh, look, at there's still I think there's three weeks left of it to run now, so uh, it will get close towards the top. I think it's I think. Well, definitely, I could speak for myself and Brendan to say we're out of it. Flynn, you probably need a miracle, and you'll need to start picking draws if you want to catch the lads no, at the I, top. I, I'm on the record. I don't do draws, winning and losing. You know, this, see, sometimes I think the draw can be an easy one too. People just say it can. Well, a few draws will get me a few points, but yeah, but winning and losing, you know, mm, they have realistic ambitions of probably winning it outright. You're just happy to be a mid-table. I want to be Newcastle United or I want one of to these. Be higher than David Rispin and Michael Brennan and Brian Kelly. And Brian Kelly, well, that's the only one I'm guaranteed at this yeah. moment in time. But uh, we come up to pretty much our, our last slot of the evening. We're just going out to the into the void that is Instagram interactions, and we're we're wondering uh, how much questions are we going to be asked about a certain Mister Dowdle, and how many times are we going to be asked about certain things? Again, some of these have to be vetted. Not all reach the reach the bunker here, North Mead, but. What do you think, Davy? What's the interaction? Yeah, it's, it's not too bad. In fairness, I only put it up today at lunchtime, so it's not as high as it usually is, to be fair. And, and there's maybe, probably a few sore heads. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Maybe the Monday has actually filtered through a lot yeah. of the comments, and we don't have too much spam here this week. <laughs> but I suppose the first one is from Patrick underscore Y07. How Meads got close to Kerry, but just fell short. So what do you think? Brian was Brian was trying to point on that to me there. He was has me in a daze there. Say that again, David. There. Yeah. So from Patrick. Go again, Patrick Sally. underscore Y zero seven. It's like a James Bond name. Is um, License he, to kill. Go on. Yeah, he said how me got so close to Kerry but just fell short. Oh yeah, well we were just thinking that Brian. Any comment on that? Yeah, look at where Kerry are probably a little bit further ahead down the tracks than we are as a team. All Ireland finals last year. I think we'll get there. It just needs a bit of patience and the meat supporters to keep rolling behind the team because we're getting one or two bodies back week by week now and we'll be a much stronger team by the end of the league than we were to start. But the most important thing is we're creating a huge amount of depth in the panel by the with everyone injured, more lads are getting games, so it's creating a huge amount of depth. 
Absolutely. Mm. So the song goes little by little. You know, working to it. You know. Okay. I also have to have a song next. every week. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> and next one's from Conor McGovern. Usual Clannagale boys weighing in with their opinions and comments. He just said Owen Griffin. Any so, question mark? Or is no, that a statement? That's no, a statement. just just discuss. That's a that's a statement, right? So yeah, as a statement, uh, <laughs> well, is he on about hurling? Is he on about under twenties? He, he just said Owen Griffin, so you could talk about what oh, you like. Actually, I suppose it has to be applicable to Owen Griffin. Yeah, <laughs> PGA just gave him a follow today. Actually, he he liked a post we put up. I forget which one. We followed him today. So is that how it works? If if you like a post, you get a follow. And we know who you are. Like we, for followers, that yeah, can, not quite. But if we know you, like yeah. that's someone there with a, a budding reputation. He's coming in as a as a decent club goalkeeper, a decent county goalkeeper, twenties, and a decent hurling goalie. Maybe a lot more to come from the young that's man. That's the reason he got the follow from Flynn is because hmm. he's a decent hurling keeper. Yeah, yeah, hurling and goalkeeping, two passions. What's next, Dave, in your list? Next one is from Joe McQueenie, uh, good good uh, listener of the podcast as well, and he just said, and something we talked about on the Road Trip podcast, can we use Killarney as our home pitch when PT is being done up? Huge me crowd. Absolutely, Brian. Any comment on that? Listen, as long as Reedies are willing to sponsor a few rooms for us for the night, we're happy to do it. Absolutely. I think I think we're going to actually write letters into Leinster Council. I think play Wexford or Wicklow and Killarney. It's in geographically... Away, it's in I know, but I, I just am at the where who's playing where. We're just going to request that it's been played in Killarney. Mm. Saturday night, maybe. No, I, well, Saturday night or Sunday, we'll work with that. Yeah, oh, Saturday night is better. We can do Friday night below, and then we can have the celebration after. Yeah, yeah. And come home broken well. men on the Sunday. <laughs> on yeah. Sunday, we can go into the credit union, get the bail money, and get get home. <laughs> yeah. Next up. Uh, next up is from Robert Perfield. He said, "Ever considered live commentary on games? Um, LMFing jumping between games is frustrating." Yeah, just on that, our colleagues in LMF, and they're always great. They get games covered, and we're always in the media. They're the partners. But, yeah, yeah. But like Robert's, Robert's comment really is. Yeah, yeah, no, he, Robert's no, co- comment is probably a little bit biased because obviously it's loud mead radio. They yeah. do have to cover loud games as well. Well, they probably should give it up, but that we won't, <laughs> that's the mead bureau, we can say that. But uh, uh, unfortunately for the, the podcast, uh, if if LMFM are basically doing a live coverage of the game, there is no the We Are Mead can't live stream it. But if they're only doing covering it, uh, we're entitled to do it. But it's only a matter of some of personnel getting to the games. But and realistically, of the four of us in the podcast, like Kieran and myself are tied up on me GA duties on match day. Mickey Brennan is tied up working for some of the games as well. Yeah. So it'd fall to Davy, and while Davy is very good, he'd need a an analyst with him. Unless Susan Farrell is willing to come on board with Davy. It just won't, well, be, that's a, it won't that's be a runner. A recruitment. Is anyone Dave, willing to Dave work? Davey and Susan working together. What do you think, Kieran? They're not me bandits. Not me. They're definitely, like, no one from South Me would travel that far up to talk to you. <laughs> but uh, definitely, if there's any analysts out there that's willing to work for Peanuts, and they're, and they're um, literally very cheap peanuts <laughs> or, but, uh, are they salted <laughs> no their own brand peanuts oh, dry no. roasted shite <laughs> what's the next one uh, yeah this is this is one that I have nothing to do with but uh, and I don't want to comment on uh, and you're not going to give the person who's at it no I will right. yeah I will he's one of the clan gale lads as you could probably imagine uh, <laughs> Davy Rispin pulling like a dog in McSorley's nightclub on Saturday well, and that, sorry, that's from Michael Tiernan. In Michael case Tiernan. anyone was under. Well, I don't know. I didn't know you were into Rowan. Now I know down in Skibreen on that. I, I think he's probably on a bit hurling, no? No, I I thought he'd be Rowan because lads be Rowan in behind you. But mm. what do you think? Rowan or Rowan? Well, that's one way of looking at. I says, what happens in Killarney nightlife? I think has to stay down there. Yeah. But again, if you private message us, we will give you the photograph. <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't do it on the pitch, so surely he has to be able to score somewhere. That's true. Next one. No. That's all we have for oh, that's, tonight. Uh, on that bombshell, I don't know. Is there any other business? 
No, it's so we're we're I said we're back again next week. We're gonna have two blockbuster games. They will have a lot of club stuff to go through as well. We're gonna start recording two Patreons now during the week mm. to be released. It's gonna be eventful. Uh, it's gonna be eventful weekend. It's it's always busy for us. But the reason we probably do it is because we are made. Why? It matters more. <laughs>